0: to Les Eat, All Queers, All Food, All the Time, with your hosts, Honey LaFleur and J.T. Newman.
1: Hi. Oh my God, hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Summer's in full swing. So is. It has been. I start school in two weeks. I don't like that. I don't want to, because here's the thing, that means that fall is around the corner I've seen people posting that they're excited for fall clothes and I just want to tell them to shut the fuck up.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's like, it was like warm in the sun today, but cool in the shade. And you know, it's only August 1st. So obviously in Chicago, we're going to get another like, you know, two weeks of 90 degree
1: days at some point, probably November. Yeah. Or October. (laughs) I definitely remember coming back to visit like I don't know, like maybe six years ago or something. And it was October and it was beautiful. I feel like we had coffee outside. We did. Yeah. 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 yeah that was that. Time. So wow. <laughs> Honestly, it was a long time ago, but saying the number of years, it feels like it was more like 10 years ago. It feels like it was 20 years ago to me. Yeah, was, because like, like you were still in Chicago. You hadn't like moved and come back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> then, I know. Like It's like so crazy to me. It feels like 12 lifetimes ago.
1: Uh, Yeah, it was definitely at least one lifetime ago for for both of
0: us, I feel like. Completely. Um, So today on the pod, we have uh, my old friend, Meredith Berry. So exciting. She is a mixologist. I met her when we used to do a burlesque show at Mary's Attic in Chicago. Oh, good old Mary's Attic. Yeah. It's really good. She was one of the bartenders, but she's gone on to, to do, uh, to invent a bunch of beverage programs at different hotels. She worked at Sable Kitchen and Bar downtown Chicago, and she's since moved to St. Louis and she kind of splits her time back and forth. So it'll be interesting to talk to. Yeah. totally.
1: I wonder what's going on in St. Louis. I literally have no idea. Mm, I don't know. I guess there's an
0: arch. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's literally all I know about the city and that like people in rural Illinois, like way Southern Illinois that like go to St. Louis because it's like the closer, you know, like big city, like that's Mm -hmm. all that I know about it. Literally never been.
0: Yeah. I don't know much else about it. I I think that it's probably a pretty cute city. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in various, like I've gone into St. Louis and like launched into various different locations, but I don't really have a sense of the city itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one mm-hmm. time in
0: college we went there because one of my friends was from there, and then we um, did a thing where we laid down on the ground and put our feet
1: on the arch, like we were walking on it. That was oh fun. God. Cute. <laughs> did you take pictures of it? Like, I know this was probably pre-Instagram, but. And like oh. social media, but
0: oh my god, it was in the '90s, so it was way pre-Instagram. It was like a, probably on somebody's 110 camera, you know? Love it. Yeah, yeah. There might be a hard copy somewhere in my in my archive of hard copy photos. Fun.
1: Um. So, what are we talking with Meredith about? Like, as far as like mixology go, is it all about mixology? Is that her like shtick? That's her main shtick. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I don't know you know what I just I love talking to her but she Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what what we'll chat about yeah I just made questions
1: about mixology (laughs) mixology is interesting to me it makes me feel similarly to like artisan cheese right like it's really fun and I I definitely enjoy mixology like I'm also in a city that takes it very seriously like I'm sure Chicago did I just like I think it was too in my twenties and like not, uh, financially stable enough to like, give a fuck, you know, like I was like tequila, like grapefruit or like, you know, like drinking something very
0: basic. We're wandering through the fields of Francia in the Mists of Arbor as (laughs) our dear friend Plucky Rosenthal says in her, in her newly released album.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Check that out, by the way.
0: Our new theme is by Plucky Rosenthal, and um, she is a fantastic singer-songwriter who lives in Chicago. She does ukulele. She plays a soprano guitar. She plays uh, a really old 80s Casio keyboard. I saw her show last night, and it was called Songs to in. and that is the name of the album, and it's out on Spotify, so you should love it Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss out on the Pluck. Hi. Hey, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Meredith, what are your pronouns? Can we ask that?
2: You know, anything that's not uh, out of oh. malice, I usually okay.
0: will awesome. take. Awesome. Yeah. Hold on. My puppy is just like really excited about all of this.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I got to luckily my partner, Brittany's right here and she's got our puppy um, with a bone, <laughs>
0: she's <Perfect>. occupied. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Hi, Meredith. So uh, Meredith, this is Honey LaFleur. She is uh, one of my burlesque babies. She actually was one of my students back in the day. And we've been doing this podcast for about a year now. And it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're super excited to have you on. We just pivoted to food about a month ago. Okay, Uh, cool. So yeah. Cool. And Meredith is my mixology friend. I met her at Mary's Attic, where we used to do a monthly burlesque show. And uh, she was pouring lots of beers for us back then.
1: Was it the one? Was it like this is where we did Guilty Pleasures, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was in that show. I may have met you. I don't know. Meredith looked actually very familiar. I was going to say, you actually look wildly familiar, too. So I'm sure we met. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sure Meredith looks similar, familiar to me.
0: Meredith was the cute bartender. So you probably noticed her. Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's recorded now. It's uh, it's for posterity. It's on the internet. I-
1: I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I'm pretty positive. That's how I knew you
0: and referred to you. And yeah, yeah. you're oh, welcome. Oh yeah, there's that, the cute bartender over there. <laughs>
1: <So give laughs> I her- didn't even know it
2: that was the problem. I had damn. I was,
1: none of us told you what the fuck were we doing? With no ourselves? Clue. We, were all, we just, were all just
0: trying to be the sparkliest. We were so. just playing ourselves. And I was just watching
1: everybody and being like, wow, <laughs> can't believe I'm here. So many naked ladies. I will never forget. Uh, this isn't super related, but one time at Sante JT, you don't, I don't know if you remember this, but someone I think it was actually your bra like you threw a bra and it landed on some girl's head and she totally came up to me and was like I think you dropped something and I was like I feel like you're trying to hit on me but also jokes on you because you should remember which performer did that and it definitely wasn't like I was like that's not my bra (laughs)
0: well I do remember the general idea of that because I had really I still have really good aim and I'm able to fling my clothes exactly where I want them to go. Yeah. And so I'm like, I can hit a, I can hit a hamper. Like I have a hamper over here and I can like hit it from here.
1: You
0: know? So yeah. And I can also kick things and have them land with accuracy at the person that they,
1: yeah. I've <laughs> it's done that it's amazing more. I've yeah. done that before. It's really, it's fun. <laughs> Good conversation starter. Fun.
0: Yeah. It's super fun. My other big thing was I used to kick at, at the hothouse. I could kick my underwear in, and it would land in the lights. That was like mm-hmm. also a really big, fun thing that we did. I learned that from you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Anyway,
1: I just had to take us on that, on that memory lane. And a I, it was like coming journey. up and I was like, I can't not say this. No.
0: Anyway, uh, Meredith is a mixologist now. She doesn't just pour beers for burlesque dancers anymore. and i thought it would be fun to have her on are you still in st louis i am i am still in st louis well tell us how you got into mixology because i know you i know you as a mixologist now who's a person who designed designs beverage programs but i also know you as the gal who poured all the beers at at (laughs) mario so and a whole lot of vodka sodas what was the trajectory between Vodka Soda and where you're at now and, and how did you start all that? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's,
2: it's such a good question because I, I, I guess just being in life, you don't really think about how you got somewhere. And so then you have to like dive in and be like, how did I get here? And I think it really came from like pure need for creativity, Mm-hmm. And, um, finding something that I didn't know that I, you know, I, I, I was involved in hospitality from my father. So I worked for my father since I was, you know, you know, in my teenage years. And, um, then of course I got into theater and I just, uh, I really, you know, I came into Chicago just wanting to be a part of something. And I, When I got to Hamburger Mary's was actually one of the biggest places where I met you, where I felt like I was a part of something and could finally be myself. And so with that, starting to feel comfortable with who I am, I think that need for creativity and pushing the boundaries in a different way, very similar to theater. And I just got so excited about creating something uh, in that moment, in that spot that was there And somebody, I could see that immediate satisfaction out of somebody and I got it. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I want to do more of this and how do I do it continually? And that was through, I think, gaining more knowledge and just soaking all of it in that I possibly could. Um, And they gave me a lot of freedom Um, you know, Ashley and Brandon who owned Hamburger Mary's actually let me start doing like farmer's market mojitos, going to the farmer's market, making a mojito and being like, here's the fruit that's like right around the corner. Let's mix it with mint. Let's like have some fun with it. And they're like, yeah, do it. And I, I, that was, uh, that was very special. And, And it was, uh, I think my movement into the next growth. So, yeah,
0: that's really cool. I love that. Those guys are great. Yeah. I love, yeah
2: I love them. We're still good friends
0: and I'm, I'm really grateful for them because we were crazy. We took a lot of shots
1: and we were pretty nuts. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was a crazy time for it me. It was a time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, hamburger yeah. Mary's. Yeah.
2: It was incredible though. I mean, it's sad that now it's uh, you know, it will live on in our memories in that spot in Andersonville in Chicago on that corner And uh, it's no longer. I mean, seeing it grow from just the diner, and then moving into the attic space where it was that theatrical area mixed with, you know, a nightclub, and then moving on to this brew pub sports bar, which is which actually was an incredible movement into for that neighborhood and for uh, the community. Um, at the time, there wasn't a lot of gay sports bars you know there was one
0: there was one one. yeah yeah Yeah. that's so funny yeah and the and the beer was really good (laughs) i really enjoyed a lot of it many (laughs) yeah oh my god i made a lot of german chocolate cake shots there
1: oh wow
2: Uh,
1: yeah it sounds like
2: way too much no no i've never i've got like it was like i'm sure you did because everybody was ordering it at the time like it was like the base like basic shot it's absolute citron and like frangelico shaken up and it tastes like a german chocolate cake
1: which is crazy Fun, yeah i don't think i ever had one of those i don't recall
0: but you know i probably did (laughs) i don't recall (sighs) a lot of moments i was
1: (laughs) gonna say a lot of those nights are like a blur at this point definitely (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're talking about what like uh this uh, that's like over 10 years ago is that 10 like 10 years ago easy because i've been in portland yeah. for 11 years now and i mm-hmm. was at at least a couple mary's attic shows so yeah was, yeah. Like, yeah
0: and that was about the end of when we were doing mary's attic so yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. the tail end of it i think i quit in 2011 so it's okay yeah. Years yeah since i stopped doing burlesque yeah. In Chicago. I yeah. did it in New York for a hot minute, but then I stopped again for good. <laughs> I <Like> I'm done. <laughs> I just turned 50. So I think it's really time. <laughs> when I turned 40, <laughs> I was just like, okay, I can't be a 40 year old stripper.
1: And now oh I'm God, like, I intend to be, it's <laughs> not in the same way, but I intend to be. I love that. about you. <laughs> I'm slowly getting back to it, but yeah. Uh, so
0: what yeah. are you doing now?
2: Now, currently, I am involved with kind of more on this uh, consulting side. I was, I did come to St. Louis to be a beverage director of the God Arts Hotel, which was a really, just seemed like a really cool adventure. It's an art hotel. All the rooms are different colors. and um, Oh, cool. Yeah. And it, it, it was amazing and I'm grateful for the experience, even if it it changed um, new management came in and it was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. Honestly. Um, I had multiple venues, two different restaurants, plus all of the banquets and everything under my belt. So it was quite a large um, undertaking and I had honestly like a great team. It's where I met my partner there now, my current partner, who's incredible. Um, And I'm, so I'm really grateful for that experience, but I'm glad how, you know, the turn of events changed in St. Louis and, uh, I'm, I'm now working for Gerard Kraft and he owns a multitude of restaurants and the food group is called niche food group. And I'm doing spirits for them currently. So I'm like in my own little laboratory, just kind of being weird and making things. And it's kind of, um, a really great job to have during a pandemic to just be by yourself in the kitchen, making uh limoncello and Amari and, uh, and, and different uh, and no chino. actually I'm stained. My fingers are stained because I just went and harvested a whole bunch of green walnuts off of trees. I'm a Ooh. city kid. He was <laughs> like, get a fruit picker. I was like, I didn't even know it was a fruit picker. <laughs> never created in this world, but I
0: guess I'm going to get a fruit picker. <laughs> Wait, tell us about the green walnuts. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yes. I've literally never heard of that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know,
2: um, Nocino is a typical, like, more northern Italian liqueur. And it is created from the young green walnuts. So you have to get them when they're in the tree, young easy to you should be able to cut them uh through with a paring knife Mm -hmm. so they're that tender so you really got to get up in there (laughs) get those (laughs) off of the tree and um uh so it's before the nut is being created and you just like stick it in a whole bunch of hooch and uh wait like forever you know, and then, um, add, uh, you take them out, you add some more spices. I mean, forever, I mean like 40 days or more. And then you wow. add like anise and like cinnamon and cardamom and different baking mm-hmm. spices. And then you take that out and then you add the sugar and then, then you let it rest for even longer of a period. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. have a saying, June 24th is the best time. It's also like a Saint day, uh, for them to pick it over in Italy. I'm here in Missouri and there is a lot of black walnuts, which is incredible. It's like the best. So, um, I just was trying to gauge it on the weather here. So, uh, yeah. Um, and it makes like this incredible liqueur that's spiced with those baking spices, but just enough to lift it. Uh, and it, the nut really comes through and it's black. It'll go from like green to in like an hour and then suddenly it's like this dark blackness. Yeah. So that's why my fingers are stained because of like the oxidization of the, the green walnuts. They suddenly get black like immediately. Um, so you really have to wear a lot of, uh, you have to be careful of your clothing for sure. And, and But the, the flavor of the Nocino, it's like a vermouth, but an Amari. So it's mm. like bitter but sweet. Um, it, it it works so well, like in a black Manhattan. So if oh. you're using it in place of like a vermouth, you can just sip on it. But doing like a two uh, two ounces of rye and then one ounce of nocino, stir that, put it up. It's so good. Hell
1: yeah! Yeah, yeah I look. I was looking at what it was, <laughs> and it in the recipe that I found. There's a a picture of the like green to black. And there's like a note that's in like bold. That's like the juice from the walnuts will permanently stain anything it touches. (laughs) Anything.
2: (laughs) I was like, I learned the hard way. I was like, "Ah, like,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's like, I recommend wearing gloves while you cut them. Wash the cutting board as soon as you're done. Like, uh. oh yeah. It's like, more. I'm like, when is this going to go away? (laughs) It sounds like beets, like
0: cutting beets. I was just going to say, it sounds like beets. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. And I was
2: wearing gloves and I guess I got like a tear in uh, oh, my, <laughs> my films.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. It's black, though. Yeah. It happens. So you're doing that for what purpose?
2: Well, Gerard, um, during, you know, the pandemic, I, I, before that I, I went to go and be the beverage manager of, um, a well-known bar here in St. Louis called taste that he's, uh, known for. And so I was running that and of course pandemic happened, and everything shut down. So, um, he then was like, Hey, you know, like you want to just like come in and R and D I've always been dreaming of doing, um, like a liqueur and spirits line. And he's also has Italian descent and so do I. So, um, we're both Italian Americans. So it, it was very like, um, you know, to our heart and to our soul, uh, my grandmother always made limoncello and arancello and kept it in the freezer. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll make that for you." And um, it's been exciting because then he was like, "Let's try making a fernet. Let's try making uh, amari." And I was like, "That I've never tried." It, it was a, it was a chance to be able to express my creativity in a different way other than cocktails
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: and it's the same way of making a cocktail except just like a lot more patience mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just putting stuff in a jar and like praying and hoping that it turns out the way you want it to and you're just looking at it being like okay little baby please do it, yeah please yeah, yeah so it's a uh, um it's a mental it's completely different and yet the same but i've um i've really enjoyed it kind of forgotten how to talk to people during this time but it's (laughs) because i'm just by myself talking (laughs) to my talking to my spices (laughs) um but i came across some jennifer like i just like it was an accidental what's jennifer yeah Genepay is you, I mean, I would want to call it chartreuse, but I can't, but that's okay. the, the best way for me to describe it to you. Um, chartreuse is, of course, specifically with French monks in that area. Um, and of course, these recipes, even Fernet, and trying to do an amari, these are all very secret recipes. People hold them very dear uh, to their families. Um, so you kind of just have to figure it out on your own. And uh, the genope was actually a mistake. And we call it genope because it's more in the Alpine region of Italy. So it's all of the botanicals uh, that you're gonna get in the Alpine region in the mountains. Chamomile, mints, uh, the different herbs like angelica root, wormwood, things that you would find there. Um, They use a lot of honey sometimes, um, but yeah. So it's kind of chartreusey
0: but
2: just kind of in the middle.
0: (laughs) Sounds really cool. Your house must smell amazing right now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Meredith, I'm actually really curious, like what, what sort of like is most inspiring for you in working with cocktails or like what like drives you to kind of like keep doing different things? Cause like I, you know, Portland, Oregon is like douchey cocktail bro central i feel like too i mean i'm sure other cities are too but it definitely like i feel like they all are i mean like the dag (laughs) bars you can go in and your bartender will be like let me make you this special like it's such a fucking ridiculous thing but like but i'm curious like what keeps folks who are interested in cocktails like going because i wonder like what you know what you run into where you run into like Maybe like a block, like a block or like a wall, and like what what is it that keeps you kind of like pushing those boundaries? Besides just the fact that queers are amazing and always have done that.
0: Uh, yes,
1: <laughs> we're just True. better.
0: True, we're just better. I love it. I <laughs> think queers are magic. So we
1: are. <laughs> we are. We're magic. just better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that comes with also
2: having to like survive and figure it out so much yep (laughs) that's it and and through that you always are finding different ways to reinvent or or find you know what's true I think we're always searching for like what is that truth what is that ultimate like what is what's right and what's true and I mean that's that's for me and so um I, I I get so inspired by flavors, and mm. there's so many different things that 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 inspire me. And I get blocks all the time. And it's interesting. I had a young bartender come up to me, and he was like, "How do you deal with, uh, you know, not knowing what to do or what to make?" And I I was just like, you know, you just kind of go with it. You go back to the basics.
1: Mm. You go
2: back to your basics. You know, you go back to making just a classic cocktail that you love and Mm -hmm. going from there and find out again, what you love about it, find out the truth, find out what makes it great. And also honestly, my best ideas come up with guests, people who sit at my bar. I did a private party last night and it fulfilled me. And I, I had missed that and I, I forgot sometimes, like, why do we do this? And it's for people to enjoy drinks and to enjoy that flavor and for that moment to happen, even though it's fleeting and maybe it'll go away and maybe that's the only drink that you'll, maybe you'll forget that recipe. Um, and it's very much like theater, right? Like you create this space in this moment yeah, and then you have to tear it all down and it's gone. Temporal, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that that's kind of what, the, the, the bar is for me and making a cocktail is it's just for that one moment of elation of flavor. That's so exciting and fun. And, and, and and watching the elation of somebody else enjoy it as well, knowing that I'm like, Hey, look, listen, I ask, you know, I want to, I want to know what you like. What's, what is the cocktail that you go for? Um, what are the flavors that you like? What is a dish? Like food is always super inspiring to me to make another cocktail either the taste of food to parrot or maybe a dish like I had a salad that had pistachios and mint and uh, artichokes and I was like I want to make a drink like that let's go there let's start there right how do we make you know so that's that's where my excitement comes from and that's where you know my uh inspiration or my family and um even, even if we have sometimes strained relationships or good relationships, there's still positive moments that you can take from those and they become special memories that then you can, you know, express your story into a beverage and hope that people can
1: drink it and enjoy
2: it. Awesome. I love that.
1: Do you have one beverage that you remember that did that either for you or for someone else? I'm just so curious. That's a great question. Um, Or even just the one that you remember the most.
2: (laughs) Um, I made a white Negroni variation that my partner says made her cry and it was so good. And I was like, that's something because she's very honest with me. She'll tell me if it's shit or not. So (laughs) I appreciate her opinion very much. And her flavor palette is like incredible. I like bring her everything and I'm like, do you like no? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, she's, uh, so it's a, that was really special. It's a white Negroni with, uh, Lexardo, Bianco, St. George, Terroir gin, um, a St. George raspberry brandy, and then also Sauvignon Blanc as well. And then I, yeah, a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc, uh, and then, um, saline or just like some salt little grapefruit um expression as well as i kind of did a painted uh i reduced down the saint george raspberry liqueur and then i reduced it down into a paint and i painted it on so sometimes when you got a sip you get a little bit of that sweetness coming through but it's still tart too so
0: yeah sounds pretty amazing
2: yeah,
0: I like <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, just you know, just drinking topo chico over here and thinking, everything. Yeah,
1: so hey, topo chico is delicious, really? that's, that's, that's our go to. Yeah, they started flavoring it too because they got to compete yeah. with those LaCroix, and they're incredible. My partner, Brittany, goes, The lime, the lime, the lime is the best, it's the only one worth a damn, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> It's so good.
2: I'm drinking actually a non-alcoholic beer right now. Yeah. It's called um, well-being. Okay. It's from, yeah, it's from St. Louis. This one's the the golden wheat. They have an IPA. They're awesome. Look them up. They're just, um, they're stellar.
0: That's really cool. I'm actually sober now. So I've been sober about six years. And um, one of the things that I want to know is like, what can I drink? Like when I go out and, and I find a bartender who's making craft cocktails, what do I tell them? Like, you know, how do I get them to make me something fancy in a mocktail?
2: In a mocktail, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Spirit-free.
2: You know, I think now we have so many options, It's kind of like if you are running, you have to know in the place that you are, right? So it definitely does depend in the bar that you're a patron at. Um, Mm -hmm. But if it is craft cocktails, they should have enough, in my opinion, to be able to um, go off of flavor profiles that you like. Mm -hmm. Um, I do. I mean, personally, when I'm creating a program, I think it's important to make it flexible in the way that you can accommodate To make those cocktails non alcoholic. So, I mean, you shouldn't be robbed of any kind of flavor or experience if you're not drinking, because it's still, you're able to create um, a drink that has multiple components to it Mm -hmm. without just the spirit. Um, And we're for maybe, maybe not five years ago, you know, it was a little less, but definitely now we have so many like spirit free alcohols, Gaffard Apertivo. If you haven't had that, you gotta have it. If you like Campari like me or like Aperol, guffard Apertivo is incredible. Just put that in some soda water. I made a Negroni, like a Negroni, but with, nice. can you tell that I like Negronis? <laughs> it's like my Happy favorite entry. thing. <laughs> it's like all I talk about, but uh, yeah, Gaffard Apertivo. It's just, oh. it's like perfectly, um, Uh, bitter and then sweet with great the texture is really what you're looking for Mm -hmm. as well that's a big component Um, if all of your juices and your syrups are chilled you're going to be able to create a wonderful mocktail without even you don't even have to dilute it that much so Mm -hmm. um, if you have specialty syrups behind that bar I mean honestly they should be able to create it uh, based off of your needs and what you like. So, I mean, that's how I am, but, um, a great, another great drink to do, which I love, which is usually like, a, uh, just, it, it's always a not like a, like a hit out, like a home run, you know, um, is, uh, I make a spiced pineapple syrup. So I take, uh, like roast a little poblanos, a little jalapeno in there, maybe one habanero. And then I Also toast um, like star anise. I love baking spices. So I just throw them all in there. Cardamom, cinnamon, little salts, little coriander. Toast them until they're fragrant. Then I'm going to put in like just chopped fresh pineapple with the skin as well. Just wash that skin. The skin has these beautiful oils on it that is Mm. just going to like add to your syrup. Uh, And then the sugar and water, which should be equal parts. You're going to bring that up to a nice boil, then put it on a simmer for about, you know, five to 10 minutes, depending. It's gonna get a little bit, uh, you know, looser from the juices that are in there. So you do wanna cook it down just slightly. So it becomes a little thicker in texture. And then you're gonna let it sit for like a day or two, strain it out, of course, in the cooler, strain it out. And then you have this like awesome, like just just enough spice, you know, that capsation like really, can add to a non-alcoholic experience because it's giving you that little bit of bite and lift that you're looking for
0: and that yeah. you're maybe
2: missing in alcohol, right? my mm-hmm.
0: favorite thing that I've had ever was a mocktail that had jalapeno in it because it had that little heat. Yeah. And then I had a baby mule at a steakhouse recently. That, that was a ginger. Fresh ginger juice. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I actually ginger. had it.
1: A- I had someone make me a, um, a non-alcoholic margarita once and it's at a bar that fucking closed <laughs> near my oh, house no. but it was I mean I'm sure it was the bartender like herself because I was very like is there an, can you make a non-alcoholic margarita and she was like I can actually and it was delicious it like you know aside from the fact that I know what tequila tastes like like I never would have known that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. It's,
1: it so it, that's crazy. the thing.
2: It's making something that's like, you know, that flavor profile. That's if you have the means, like you can totally do it. And yeah, um, yeah I think also uh, mint and ginger things that are like lifting and pull like mm. other depths of flavors through. Shiso is also really good. Mm. Um, that's, you know, it's that, you know, Japanese uh, mint, it's, it's delicious. Yeah. I
0: love it. And it, it also adds to that. And there's
2: lots of non alcoholic bitters as well.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So cool. Honey, I mean, do you want Yeah, so have- just
0: get what you
2: want. But if you're, you know, if you're in a dive bar, it's like beer and shots and just like, you know, get yourself soda water, maybe splash. I'm
0: the queen of a. Uh, uh, just a tonic, please. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Just a tonic, please. Thank you.
1: Sometimes I even hold the fruit. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I've always done like a, like a pineapple and, and tonic or like pineapple and soda water. Yeah. dull pineapple with like pan. some lime. Yeah.
2: With tonic and some lime. Legit. Yeah. It's delicious.
1: Yeah. Especially here in Portland. Cause they have like The ones without sugar, because it's fucking Portland. Why wouldn't they? It's fucking
0: Portland. It does make your non-alcoholic
1: beverage like $5, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Because
0: it's locally sourced pineapple from
1: Portland. (laughs) Listen, the minute they figure out how to do it, they will. (laughs) The climate is definitely not right for pineapple, but...
0: They're gonna figure out a way to hook up some solar lamps and whatnot, and figure it
1: out. I'm like, sure they it. I mean, I would guarantee there are actually people that do it in their house. Like they figured it out, and it's like their jam. I would I would not put it past anyone living here. They're
2: the ones selling that pink pineapple. That oh super God, expensive yeah. pink
1: pineapple. <gasps> uh, so I am curious if like there's any because I always wonder like. I have a, I have a very dear friend who also does cocktails and had like his own cocktail delivery service that was very underground here in Portland because of the, um, Oregon liquor commission, they're monsters. Um, but it was like on the sly and it was just during the height of the pandemic, they did delivery cocktails. But one of the things that he, you know, being a white dude, like noticed really quickly, but even I was like, I'm curious, like, um, how white cocktail industries are, how like male dominated, but also like one of the things he kind of ran into was like, how do I like give, how can I give back? Because they were kind of running things like while, um, like during last summer when everything like post George Floyd was happening and specifically in Portland, like things were getting very heavy and everyone was trying to figure out like, how do we, how do we kind of ethically, keep involving ourselves in capitalism because we have to. Um, so I'm, like, I'm just curious if that's ever anything that like you've come across or like you're involved in or like what, what it's like, cause it feels like there's not much, like, I don't know. There's, I think
2: finally, um, there is some change happening. I mean, of course it's just so tiny Mm-hmm. To, to a problem yeah. that's so massive Come uh on. and it's interesting because i mean it, it, just the history i think of hospitality
1: in general
2: has a lot of issues
1: It is has a mouthful yeah <laughs>
2: and um you know i i i'm not an expert but i do know you know that that um you okay, little one? Sorry, she was, just... <laughs> she okay, okay. Uh, I'm not an expert, but, uh, you know, the history, even here in St. Louis from what i you know, we have a, a famous bartender here and I, I can't remember his name and that's, uh, and uh, African American. And, and he's very like, you know, looked over. In a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and and we're just going with Jerry Thomas just because he's like published, you know. Um, I mean, think about it. Like we are the help, right? That's 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 who we are, and mm-hmm. only the most you know privileged and fortunate get to um, find creativity within that realm. Yeah. So uh, there is a responsibility that we have, uh, and, um,
1: it's, oh, it, I have so many feelings. <laughs> you can share them all. That's <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's such a great question. So I'm just trying to process it. Um,
1: yeah. we definitely
2: like, it, it is strange, like, how do we, how do we take care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. And then also, how do we also take care of the marginalized within the hospitality community when we're already, we don't have a lot. And then totally. you have all these, right. And then you have all these people who uh, got on this bandwagon, right? And I, I hate to get on my soapbox, but I'm gonna do it. Oh There's this, do
1: it, yeah. do it. I'm ready. <laughs>
2: Well, they get on this bandwagon, right? So there was, you know, we're talking about the beginning of, uh, you know, the cocktail age and also uh, the beginning of like, it's so attractive to be a sommelier. It's so attractive to be, you know, there with the suit and the tie and and, you know, shaking the cocktails and, you know, it's so attractive to be a chef, you know, and suddenly people are looking at you. You who are used to not being anybody important and suddenly you're important and suddenly people are looking at you and there's TV shows and there's things, of course, like it's very intoxicating Uh, and this world that we have all created makes it even more intoxicating Mm -hmm. And so then you're wrapped up into this world of capitalism. And then you have all these people who have a ton of money and a ton of time on their hands to be creative. It's just like the art world, too, where it's like, well, I have so much money and so much time and I want to do that and I'm interested in that. And so then they they dive in. And so then you have these people in a, in, in higher up positions running restaurants and being chefs and, and uh, they didn't necessarily go through the heat of it, you know? Yeah. And maybe some of them did just to know what it was like, but they don't really know what it's like. I mean, I started, I worked so hard to get to a cocktail bar. Yeah. I never believed I was worthy of being in one. And that might be, you know, that's my own journey and my own, you know, place that I needed to get to. But I remember walking into Sable in Chicago. It's uh, owned by the Kimpton Group, the Kempton Hotels. And I walked in and I was like, and I, I was just excited to even sit down there <laughs> And Mm -hmm. I was watching them behind the bar and I just thought, I'm never going to be able to work in a place like this, you know, like I'm just not going to be able to do it. And then like fast forward a few years later
0: and I'm there and I'm behind that
2: bar and I'm working there.
0: And that was a, that's a really, really great. Oh my God. I learned
2: so much. It was life-changing for me there. -hmm. They came into Ombra where I was in Andersonville after Hamburger Mary's. I went to go Mark Marty Fossey. He owns Antiprima. I love him, and I moved uh, to Ombra right down the street, which is actually, um, I if I could recreate that moment again, I would. I mean, we could lift up the windows. And people would just come to the bar off of the street, you know, <laughs> The na- it was all, it was so community and neighborhood and it was like wine and pouring bubbles and making drinks and serving pizza. And it was just so special. And I think I got a Michelin bib gourmand for one of my drinks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, uh, Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bib gourmand. It's just like a nod, like, you know. <laughs>
1: I mean, I feel like that's still a big deal. I literally have no idea, but I feel like that's a huge deal. It felt, you know what? It's still a
2: big deal. (laughs) It is. Thank
1: you. Um, And I had
2: um, Mike, uh, Mike Jones and Jess Lambert uh, sat at my bar and they were at Sable and they were running Sable. And Jess was about to go open volume 39 at the Kimpton, And I mean, they were like, Hey, do you want to come work for us? So they kind of like poached me a little bit, but Marty also like gave his love and his, you know, he was like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. This is great. Go for it. You know, I was torn from a place that you love so much. That's so community and within your neighborhood mm-hmm. to moving up to something that you never thought that you could be a part of. And being offered something. And I, I think that was the only re- reason why I actually went is because I was offered it because I don't think that I would have tried. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Cause I thought it was so away from me and yeah. untouchable. And so now it's uh. then I, I went on to, vo- I went to Sable and then to volume 39 and then here running places and, you know, Potentially opening up my own
1: place. We'll see.
2: That's really cool.
1: (laughs) That's exciting. If you do it, you have to come open something in Portland too. Just do a satellite.
2: I've never been to Portland.
1: I want to go whenever you come. Just let me know. But like honestly, Portland needs a fucking woman-owned bar, or like not a cis white dude-owned bar.
2: I think there's a lot of places that are that way. I think Chicago's gotten further um there's so many badass like females just like running the show not necessarily owning places which is unfortunate but they're definitely running the show like Moni Bunny uh my friend and um uh Laura Kelton just started a thing called uh Please Hustle Responsibly it's a great yeah great resource um they're really trying to focus on like mental health awareness, um, creating uh, spaces that are um, inclusive and uh, putting those voices forward. And I, um, yeah, they're definitely leaders in the community that are doing incredible things. Uh, And uh, besides, you know, Tales of the Cocktail finally started getting on that board too. And I think there's a lot of places that are trying, you know, to get on that. Um, There is, um, there's amazing articles. Uh, I'm trying to remember her name, but Please Hustle Responsibly is, they're fantastic. And then I'm just going to look into my, of course, my, my Instagram
0: I'm going to leave and come back on my iPad. I'll be right back. Okay, cool.
1: Cool, cool. Oh, this is so cool. I just looked up the Yeah, they're great.
2: Yes. They're really trying to focus on uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think the spirits industry is just so interesting and like different and like almost in its own little like silo when it comes to how it responds to things. And I think it's very much an outsider perspective. Like I don't pretend to know anything, but like,
0: yeah, I don't know.
2: Well, we're, we're, we're in this strange space of like, is it for people with, um, you know, the people who get to dine, are they fortunate? Right. Right. Are they the fortunate people or is that our only, audience yeah and and uh i I sometimes struggle with that because i'm also interested in pushing boundaries with mixology and not just making uh you know classic cocktails but i'm also making you know spherification and clarification and like you know these ridiculous drinks that i have a lot of fun making but who are the people that can afford those drinks and for sure. I sometimes wonder like, you know, do, do they do they really honestly know how to enjoy it? Yeah. Unless we tell them how to enjoy it. <laughs> and then but it's also like such an exciting thing, you know, coming from like a not very wealthy family of being able to experience things that I would have like tasting wine and spirits that like are like thousands yeah. of dollars yeah. and being able to like put caviar in my mouth. I'm like, what? Like <laughs> never in my life, like never would I have thought that that would have been my trajectory. And my father does it too, you know, and he's, he's been in that world for a long time and he's still in that world. And he's a, he's, you know, he's a GM of a, a place in downtown Mobile, Alabama. And it has, this life has afforded us um, a way to live, a way to be educated and a way to also, you know, kind of experience some of the finer things in life that maybe yeah. we wouldn't have been able to taste or experience. I would have never been able to go to Italy unless I, like, you know, got involved in a cocktail competition. You know, I would have never been able to afford (laughs) going overseas. I mean, maybe eventually, but not at that time. And not, especially not the experience that I was given of, like, two weeks and, like, eating and drinking everywhere in Italy to the point where I was like, I can't eat anymore. I can't drink anymore, I'm gonna die. I mean, what a problem to have, right? I mean, um, and looking back and all of that, I'm just, I, there's so many issues with this world, but I'm also so grateful for it too. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when also comes in like, you know, what is my personal responsibility? And, um, I think I'm still trying to figure that out and, um, that I only, I try to keep it within my personal scope of what I can do in where I am and hope that maybe it can grow further.
0: That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sorry about my dogs. They're just going nuts. It's that time of day. Yeah. We're,
2: I'm so used to it. If there's like a mailman or mail person or whoever is coming, it doesn't even anybody coming to the door. The door yeah, like
0: yeah. moves. The wind, the wind. Moves they are again. protecting our house right now from
1: all of the other dogs on the street. So <laughs> same. Yep. <laughs> my dog does the same. She's currently like outside the door here. I think my partner might be napping, and so my dog is like whining. I heard her whine a minute ago outside.
0: Yeah. Mine are standing <laughs> on a chair in the living room, barking at all the passersby yeah, okay. because the windows are big. Yeah, <laughs> wow. they're just letting uh, everybody
2: know that they're there.
0: Yeah, and they're yeah. they're in charge of security.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, is she talking?
2: Okay, here we go. This was this one's mine. <gasps> Shut up! Oh my god!
0: <gasps> is that a accent? Yeah oh my god
1: <laughs> oh my god you can hear her
2: you can hear her are you talking can i see your bony that
0: <laughs> can i see just it?
1: like no meredith oh my god <laughs> first of all i respect that energy that is some fucking incredible femme troll energy and i'm here for it i yes. love her <laughs> yeah for real she does like
2: if people tell her we're like walking her outside and people go oh my god your dog's so cute she's like mm. yes <laughs> and i'm like yes yeah, she, she wants
1: nothing to do with anyone sorry <laughs> and she should like fuck everybody else my dog's the same way yeah I appreciate it. I'm
2: like, I don't want people just coming up and petting
0: me and telling me I'm attractive. Go away. I have my personal <laughs> space. See ya. Yeah. Uh, my puppy is the worst attention sponge. She just loves people and loves to be told she's beautiful.
1: She's too young to know. we <laughs> <laughs> <Over> time.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Should we, I mean, pivot, uh, should we pivot, honey, to our glitter in the air and our, our one for the jar? You yes. want to explain
1: yeah. yeah, okay, so we have a little tradition where okay. we do because I live to uh, be feisty and uh, have issue <laughs> with things. Um, so we have a one for the jar, which is your you know your douche bag jar. courtesy of new girl when they always told Schmidt to put money in the douchebag jar. I love it. <laughs> so whatever is like you know burning your toast for the week, shall we say? Is your one for the jar, <laughs> and then JT coined the phrase "glitter in the air" for whatever is tickling your fancy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, JT, do you want to go first this time?
0: Sure. Um, so my um, one for the jar is uh, my girlfriend's soon-to-be ex-husband. But I yeah. shouldn't say. I shouldn't say it out loud. Yeah, out you did, dad,
1: and but- I. I'm here for it. I won't be here for things. it too. That's There's understandable. This, yeah. No.
0: That's it's fine. it's really hard. She's coming out of marriage and it's like all the toxic male energy all the time. And she has a young son and the son is absorbing all that toxic male energy all the time. And it's just oh, it's so hard. <sighs> I am just a dirty man hater lesbian. <laughs> so, you know, Same. like it's really hard to like be trying to help raise a boy who's nine years old and deal with all the toxic dad energy. And then there's like a lot of dad worship too. So like my daddy said this and he's so funny and he's so great. And it's like,
1: okay. Yeah. Yes. Your daddy's awesome. You are literally on a mission from God. I feel a little bit like Weezer in steel Magnolias, you know, when she's talking about drum and she's like, she's on a mission from God because like, I would have already told that child that his dad sucks. I don't want to fucking hear what your dad has to say. And that's wrong. Like I get it.
0: And this is why you don't (laughs) have human babies, honey. No,
1: fully. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I know, you know, I, my, my job as a step person, which is what I'm going as now is to just um, be there. And to, to open a space and like, you know, I think we're going to have a conversation about how um, it hurts mom's feelings when we talk about daddy being so awesome all the time Mm -hmm. because mom doesn't get the same treatment. And so I think we're going to have some sort of combo about that, but that's my one for the jar. It's been a rough week like that. I love that.
1: I think that's great.
2: That's an amazing way to, you know, I think being honest and really just like with kids and like watching my friend Lauren raise her child is incredible because she just takes every little step down and she's like, these are feelings. This is what people feel and going through it um, to teach that kind of sensitivity in that moment. And hopefully mm-hmm. it, it soaks in and, and, and creates, you know, and I'm i uh, I'm putting good energy out there for you. I Thank care about you. Me it. too. Yeah, it's a
0: lot. Thank
2: you. You have a lot of patience.
1: <laughs> I truly don't, but you're making it happen somehow. Well, the I mean,
2: it's, it's like it's
1: like J- the JT that I like the side that I get to see of you. I'm like, you're doing some serious work and I love it and I'm here for it. And I support you. <laughs> awesome. What's your <laughs> one for the jar, honey? Uh, my one for the jar is uh, therapy. Specifically, couples therapy. My partner and I like. I just like really love our couples therapist. She's. We had a session this morning, and she's just like really rad. And I like her a lot. And also like do couples therapy. I am into it. So that's your, is that your glitter in the air? Then oh wait, that was my wa- damn it. I really sucked <laughs> that up. No. Yeah, that's that's, that's glitter good. in we the air. Needed, we needed something positive. God that was damn quick. it. It was a good segue been having too good of a day you know what my one for the fucking jar is it's this (laughs) program called storyline 360 and I'm sure that no one will know what it is but so I work for a tech company in learning and development and I do instructional design for my day job so I like create like if you ever do like a skillshare class or like a fucking whatever it's an e-learning and so I make those and there's this fucking program that you can create really cool shit but it is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I really?
0: know like, kinda,
1: yeah, I had to kinda learn JavaScript for some dumb reason, like. What's that? Yeah, that, no, that, exactly. What is that? I don't know. I think that's
0: <laughs> right, when you write coffee in cursive.
1: <laughs> no, but it is, um, it that- is like computer code. <laughs> so it's like, like on a button. Um, somewhere like it's like one of these zoom buttons at the bottom it's like a button that you push and you tell it to do things and my coworker had to help me figure out the script so it's like coding basically and guess what I never fucking signed up to do was code like just make it do the thing like all I wanted it to do was download the results of a fucking survey and you would think that that would be really easy because like who wouldn't want to do that for an e-learning for your fucking job (laughs) like how is that hard but anyway fucking put that shit
0: in the jar
1: so like 16 16 variable coded things later i figured it out yay (laughs) and that's friday and i'm still traumatized and i have to go back to it tomorrow anyway that's my one for the fucking jar
2: he that is still sucks. mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so inter- when you guys uh,
1: gave me this,
2: I was like pop culture news, and I was like, I don't know anything. I gotta look this up. What's popular now? You know,
1: literally anything. <laughs>
2: what am I popular? Be- What's popular anything. like a man about?
1: You know. <laughs> I mean, you could be mad at like I don't know tools. I don't know. I'm, I'm not,
2: I'm actually really happy about yes. some tools. Actually, like go, like I said, that fruit picker, who knew? Walked right into Menards. There they were. I, oh, mean, amazing.
1: Menards. I Yeah. No, shout out to Menards. I haven't been in a Menards in 11 years. It was great. I you know, you, know, you, know. See,
0: you save big money there, I hear. <laughs> we should be sponsored by Menards for reals.
1: Hey, Menards, listen up. Or
2: you know what, remember Crafty Beaver in Andersonville?
0: Yeah. Sure what yep. a great, what a great spot. The um, for a really long time, the T and the E and the R were out, and it was Crazy beeve and that gave great, me <laughs> great delight. <laughs> I didn't even see that. That's amazing. I would scream Crazy Beave every time we passed it. it
1: really-
2: <laughs> what a special place. <laughs> um, and a special time.
0: <sighs> What's your um, one for the jar, Meredith? Well, I mean.
2: There's so many things like right now. Do you know there's like a social distancing hat designs that are,
0: that what? I Googled? What? Yeah. Like, that's like a new pop
2: culture thing. I was like social distancing hat designs. I was like, all right, cool. We're going to get on that fucking bandwagon. But, um. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Yeah. It's there. See, you see it. It's Wait, like Are you talking kid. about like a big, like umbrella looking? Yeah, yeah. Keep people away. JT, I mean, that, I don't know that,
0: they that even that at Lala, that baseball cap brim is pretty big. Maybe you're, maybe you're doing a little of that. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Stay away. Don't get close.
2: And so but you know what? Here's my one for the jar, and, and and it's. I wasn't gonna do it. I wasn't gonna do it because I was definitely gonna talk about like something from uh, TikTok that I saw, which I'm not even on freaking TikTok, but it seeped into my Instagram. So whatever. Done. Uh, And it's doing that weird, like I was going to talk about that weird hand thing. And they talk about, they do that. I'm like, what does that mean? And what is it for? It's not even sign language. What are you doing? I don't care. I don't care about it. Why is this a thing? Anyway. So he explained it to me, but you know what I'm going to put into the jar. I went to go see my partner. She's a bartender. She's a bartender down the street. She's amazing. She's a rock star. Um, And she was like, I'm please come and sit at my bar and get some work done and have some coffee and let me feed you for brunch. And I was like, you know what, babe? Absolutely. I'd love to look at your face. And she's like, I'd love to look at your face. And so we sat there and it was in a beautiful, amazing time. But by the end of it, these two people obviously didn't know how to be in a restaurant ever. It's also like everybody's wearing a mask, you know, good. They were wearing a mask. Fine. But like. It's a different time. And also it would be inappropriate that for them to do what they did at a different, at at any time. So apparently the hostess told them there is nothing available, twice. And they still stood and like were lurking, right? And they see me kind of shuffling. So they immediately go behind me and are just like behind me with their masks. (laughs) Oh. Hey. <laughs> Worst. What you, is that available like there's a tiny space between me and i was like well i don't know and i you know i don't want to it's not my place right and i was like i don't know um this is not my place and i uh i don't know their policy so, I don't know if that's available. And they were like, Well, we just want to get a drink. And I was like, Cool. Well, I'm about to leave, but I'll be honest, hovering makes me uncomfortable.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's what I that told <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, what do you want me to say? Just chill out. Like, I'll give it to you. you got to, like, <sighs> take it away. <laughs> Please. Brunch I is mean, the worst.
0: Ver- I mean, brunch is the worst already. already. Yeah brunch pandemic hovering nightmare
2: nightmare nightmare and Brittany was like oh my god these people and I was like and ill I love you
0: she's (laughs) she's bitching about it now
2: too there's no standing room sit only sit only
1: oh my god (laughs) I love that listen one for the jars just make the world go round right no
2: standing room sit only chill out Put it in the jar. Yeah.
0: And then they fucking sat at the dirty tables. So you know what I did? I squirted them with my fucking sandy water. Yes. did
1: Yes. Yes, she did. What? I'm yes. here for it. I literally.
0: I mean, they literally. I mean, it just... was <laughs> amazing. It's in a
2: dirty spot. Just let us sanitize it for you, oh,
0: man. My God. No one's gonna fucking steal your shit. I
2: love you. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Two for the jar. <laughs> Actually, I have another one for the jars. We've been sitting here. I forgot Lollapalooza happened this weekend. And yeah. I'm just like, it looks crowded. It doesn't I look so late distance. Nobody's wearing a mask. The Delta variant's
1: gonna be all over the place in Chicago. Yeah. You- <sighs> I mean I- Well, you know, Rolling Loud happened too. I mean, I'm not even gonna mention the like D bag that said some fucking racist and like homophobic and transphobic. oh shit, young
0: the, 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 the
1: baby the fucking the baby.
0: i'm like it's not to brat.
1: no no but to brat is also fucking ridiculous i think
0: it was replaced by a young thug i think that was what happened yes yeah wow
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your glitter in the air honey um well my first glitter in the air was um therapy but then I also remembered my other glitter in the air is a beautiful human by the name of t-pain right so I don't know if you saw the tweet that t-pain put out Mm -hmm. after the baby hang on let me just like find it really fast I forgot to have it handy but um
0: but if you haven't watched it, you need to watch T-Pain's Tiny Desk Concert.
1: I have. It's T-Pain
2: amazing.
1: It's incredible. amazing.
2: Ugh, I've watched it so many times. Yeah. I, so I love it.
1: Yeah. So it like, it's just so. So I've been watching the um, This Is Pop. I think is what it's called on Netflix. It's so
0: good. Yeah. It's and so there's an good. episode. I loved
1: it. Yeah. That's also, so the episode happened. about um, boys to men is really great, and it makes you love really <clears> boy bands even more.
0: Like you should, you should, you should watch "This Is Pop" or "This Is Rock" or whatever it's called. It's. I have Netflix.
2: not. I I have not watched it. I have no. I know nothing of that. Yeah. It. It's
0: It's brand new. It's a series. It recommended yeah. for me, and I love. I love anything to do with music, so I watched it right away, and that's how I found out about T Pain's Tiny Desk concert, and that T Pain is actually a very good musician. I had no idea. Wow.
2: Okay, we're yeah. watching
1: it tonight. Yeah. Tonight. But so T Pain. Posted a tweet that fuck, I don't know if I'm going to oh wait. I have it in my um, photos. I screenshot it because it was so good. And it just like, I was like, wow, I didn't know I was rooting for T-Pain. Like, great. <laughs> and it says, attention, all homophobic idiots. If you're not attractive to street women, you're probably not attractive to gay men. You can unclench now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, what better? like I love it. Yeah that's amazing so that good so that's my other glitter, glitter in, in the air. air yeah my glitter in the air this week is for Will Nas X because I just love that dude and that the industry baby or whatever the industry song that they just did is just amazing they were really great on SNL um you know I just am, I have so much love for a hip hop star who comes out. And I just think that oh, that's brilliant. Yeah.
1: That's mine. Yeah. I really, I really like that video actually much more and the song much more than I like um, Call Me By Your Name. I think it's even more creative and like thoughtful. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh I'm my God. Around. My other glitter in the ears that
0: were, I'm moving in with my girlfriend.
1: <gasps> okay. But yeah! I had a feeling.
0: And I wasn't going to ask because, you know. We're still working out the details, but I think it'll be September 1st. So. We're U-Hauling it. She's a baby dyke, so she needs the U-Haul experience.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. I'm very excited about that.
0: She, We actually met in October last year, so it's not yeah. quite a U-Haul. It's almost a year of knowing each other. We started dating in January. You know, it's like yeah. kind
1: of. I mean, you two, I will say you two feel very thoughtful. Yeah. in just knowing your past, (laughs) like, and just like, I think how all of us get excited about people and like move in too soon. Sometimes like, I I feel like you two are just like very thoughtful and intentional with each other.
0: Yeah. And I don't quite lovely. uh, Yeah. I just, we're like, well, we're just going to do this. And it's like, it doesn't feel crazy to me it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like oh i got to just do this thing or i'm like so desperate to do it i'm just like okay this feels like it's the right thing and you know my lease is ending blah blah but you know i could go month to month here mm-hmm. it's just that we're adults and we want to be together and we know we want to live together and you know form a partnership so we're
1: going to yeah, do it yeah i think that's great congrats, congrats. yeah she's the cutest Oh my God. Also, whenever anyone says that like queer folks are the ones to hop into relationships too quickly, I would just like to let everyone know I've been watching a lot of Below Deck and literally it takes 10 seconds of the first episode of the season for everyone to be like, this is the person I want to fuck. I like this person. Like, I want to <laughs> like literally five seconds. It does it. It's like a handshake. And like, I would like your pussy. Like, <laughs> straight folks are even worse. It's like immediate. <laughs> so let's go yeah. to the own lady like <laughs> you know totally Anyway,
0: <laughs> all right what's your glitter in the air meredith
1: oh i don't know after
0: below deck
1: um, a good show. i highly recommend
0: <laughs> i've never seen it
2: it's but so i can only imagine from what I'm, i know of straight yeah, people I, reality
0: shows honey and i each have a straight person reality show that we're enmeshed in and I am, I am a, the champion of the Bachelor Universe. <laughs> really? Love, yeah, I love the Bachelor Nation. I'm a part of it. I live, I live Facebook it with a bunch of gals who are on the Bachelor. Uh, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. I listen to like two podcasts a week. I yeah.
2: Because it is like this study of like. Hu- this strange human interaction that now it's mm-hmm. been like cultivated in society. And now we're like
0: televisions well, it's, and like, it's, it's and then- like the codifying of the heterosexual mating rituals into an hour entertainment show. It's really interesting. Anyway, yeah. go on glitter in the air. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm so into this. I'm going to ask you every question.
2: I've never even seen it. Um, yeah. So my, uh, my glitter in the air, Is uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush from here in Missouri, rocking it out, staying at the Capitol, um, trying to make sure that like people don't get frickin' evicted. Like that. I mean, like she's like, she's something else and she's very important. And I'm, I'm just, uh, that's my glittering air. Just super grateful for her and the work that she does with AOC and everybody, but you know,
1: Corey Bush standing out there in the rain. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're lucky she is around. Yeah. Protect her. Just people protect her. Protect her. Protect her. (laughs) Please. Uh,
2: Yeah. So. um, And then like, you know, I'm really uh, another glitter in the air is, you know, people trying to focus on that, like work life balance, just like making it a thing, making it like a thing, like, having companies suddenly being like, Oh, and hospitality being like, you know what? We got a 401k now for you. We've got, we've oh, got yeah. insurance for you. And I'm like about damn time. At least something good came out of this freaking pandemic.
0: Yep. Get it together. Yeah. We, we have optional work from home now. So it's really nice. That's good. Oh, That's awesome. That's great. Uh, Meredith, where can we find you online?
2: So online, I'm at (laughs) meredithbarry.com. That's my website. And then also I'm on Instagram, uh, meredithbarry92517. Maybe I'll change it up, but it's an important date to me. And of course, then I'm on Facebook. And uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me. And, uh, you know. If you're in the area, you know I'll uh, I'll come bartend at your house for a night if you want. Oh, oh that's good. To
1: know. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, I think that's it. Um, we're out of time, but thank you so much, Meredith. We really appreciate it. Thank it was fun so to talk good. to you.
2: Yeah, yeah this is good
0: so to great. see you. Good to see you too. <laughs> you should just hit me up the next time you're in Chicago.
2: For sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm probably going to be coming up pretty soon. I'm, I need a trip go get awesome. home and, and, uh, see friendly faces safely. Good.
0: And there's a new cocktail <laughs> bar in Andersonville in the old Joa space. That's uh, black owned called nobody's darling. And they're killing the craft cocktail game in Andersonville. So that's
2: awesome. That.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. When I come up, we're definitely going to go there. Yeah, for sure. Come I'll to make
2: Portland. Portland.
0: Makes me some fancy mocktails. <laughs> Good. <laughs>
2: I'll have a, I'll have a Negroni and you'll have a mocktail and, We'll chill and hang out and talk. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to hit up Portland sometime too.
1: Yes, oh. please do. That would be so fun. Yeah, awesome. for sure.
0: Honey, do you want to stay on for a minute?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: okay. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Meredith. Right. Thanks, thank Meredith.
1: You so much. Good to like see you again.
0: Yeah, sure it's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your evening, and thank you for thinking of me. Yeah, this was I'm a lot sure. of fun. Appreciate it. Bye. All
0: right. Bye. This has been an episode of Les Eat produced by Honey LaFleur and JT Newman. You can find us on Instagram at Les Eat Pod. Our theme was written and played by Elisa Plucky Rosenthal. You can find more of her music at ElisaRosenthal.com. Thanks for listening and tune in again.